Hello, and welcome to Everybody's National Parks, the podcast about family adventure in national parks. Today, we're going to talk about our trips to Shenandoah National Park as a family. And I'm here with Brian. Brian, you want to kick us off and tell us a little bit about Shenandoah National Park? Yeah, you bet. This was a, a great series of trips that we're going to go over and give you our trip report. Uh, so we really love Shenandoah for, for myriad reasons, and we were able to see it spring, summer, and fall and this past year. So we're going to loop together all of these uh, all of these experiences that we have. Uh, so Shenandoah National Park, it is uh, located in the Blue Ridge Mountains south of Washington, D.C. So it's pretty close to some major metropolitan areas, but it's a world away in a lot of ways. The, uh, the park itself is elongated, and really the heart of the park is Skyline Drive, which is a 105-mile roadway that goes down the spine of Shenandoah National Park. And it twists and turns like a loose ribbon. So if you think about 105 miles uh, and how long it would usually take you to drive, you know, add a lot of hours to that because it's a lot of twists and turns. So especially if someone is, uh, has a proclivity to car sickness, you should uh, you should take care, but the the speed limit is pretty low, so you shouldn't be taking these turns. But uh, that's the heart of it. So a lot of people, I imagine, uh, and Shenandoah gets about 1.3 million visitors a year. A lot of people go they go into the North End, which is a located Front Royal, uh, a town called Front Royal. They enter the park and they drive a certain amount down the spine of the park itself on Skyline Drive, and you can imagine a lot of that would be around fall for leaf peaking season. That's going to be the majority of of people's experience with the park. That said, the park has a lot to offer, as all of our national parks do. So Skyline Drive is is kind of the main heartbeat of of the uh, of the park. The park was uh, uh, first proposed back in 1926 uh, to be a park. It was an active farming area. So it, at the time, was a novel idea to have a park that was was going to be allowed to be reclaimed uh, by nature. So it took about 10 years, and we're going to talk about this at length, uh, possibly for another podcast, but it took about 10 years to relocate the families that actually uh, lived in the confines of the parks. Uh, and then about 10 years later, uh, President Roosevelt, uh, in 1936, dedicated the park, and they named it Shenandoah. Uh, and again, allowing uh, allowing the park to be reclaimed. We're also going to talk about the uh, Civilian Conservation Corps had a lot to do with the park's construction, and Shenandoah National Park is pretty proud of their CCC legacy, and we'll talk about that at length at some point. Uh, so that's kind of the basic uh, the basic orientation. Skyline Drive, you enter Skyline Drive from the north, which again, as most people uh, would do, uh, you would have the Dickey Visitor Dickey Viz Visitor uh, Visitor Center which is going to be uh, just inside the park entrance as kind of your entryway. You should note that the uh, Skyline Drive has concrete mile markers all the way down Skyline Drive. And a lot of the trails that we're going to talk about emanate from Skyline Drive on these mile markers. So uh, you'll be given a, a hike, and it'll be at mile 43. And it's pretty easy to find, generally speaking, because uh, there's uh, outturns and there's parking lots or parking areas all down Skyline Drive for a lot of these hikes. And, of course, there's a lot of vistas that you can see as well. But, Daniel, before we, we move on to talking about some of the things that we did and how we attacked Shenandoah, 
Uh, any other comments on Skyline Drive? One thing to note, of course, is there's so many beautiful places to stop and uh, overlooks. So if you're starting to feel sick or you just want to take it in and really enjoy the beauty, uh, you can always stop your car and uh, take some photos or just really enjoy the beauty of the scenery and landscaping in front of you. And a lot of places for picnics as well. So again, if you're not going to be active on your trip to Shenandoah, just uh, you know, getting in the car and getting out of the car and taking a quick walk or having a picnic, uh, there are plenty of opportunity for that. And that's kind of the beauty of Skyline Drive. I think uh, one thing to keep in mind is um, those of you who are cyclists, it's obviously a very challenging and arduous bike trek. And we would see, uh, we'd see a lot of cyclists on the road at, at pretty much all seasons. Uh, tough, it's tough going, uh, tough sledding as, as a lot of, as they would say, but, uh, I think it's, I think a true cyclist would be very excited about, uh, being on Skyline Drive and handling that elevation. I also love driving through the tunnel that goes over Skyline Drive. It's called Mary's Rock Tunnel. It's just north of the Thornton Gap entrance, and it's really quite an amazing engineering feat. It's very beautiful and picturesque. There's a parking uh, overlook spot to be able to pull over safely and snap a picture. It's very cool. Our kids love driving through it. Uh, you know, with that, transitioning to kind of our, our approach to the parks, we went in the past year uh, three times. Uh, but two of those times were built around an astronomy program at Big Meadows. So uh, there's a visitor center at Big Meadows, which is roughly halfway down. Again, if you're thinking of starting at the top, Front Royal, about halfway down is uh, Big Meadows, which also has a lodge and a visitor center. And uh, they had a program throughout the spring, summer, and fall, uh, an astronomy program. And so we went uh, in late May to the astronomy program, and I brought my daughters. And then we went again for the last astronomy program they had for the year, which was uh, the weekend of September 24th. Uh, and so that was fantastic because Big Meadows, as you can imagine, it is a it is a large meadow in the middle of Shenandoah. So if you think about Shenandoah, Blue Ridge Mountains, a lot of hollows, a lot of valleys, uh, but you come to this meadow without any type of very few uh, types of trees. At dusk, there's a lot of deer that'll be out there. Uh, amateur astronomers would set up their telescopes, and these aren't your general backyard telescopes. These are some pretty heavy duty uh, type of telescopes, and just allow the public to be there with a blanket, chairs. And once dusk hits and the planets came up and the stars came out, uh, they were able to uh, take a look at the stars and allow uh, the kids to take a look. So what was really uh, great for our kids is it was the first time they really got to see the planets. And our oldest was is getting more and more curious about astronomy and the planets and the solar system. So why don't we hear from her now? Can you say hello? Hello. So what do you like best about visiting Shenandoah National Park? My favorite part about Shenandoah National Park is the astronomies. When I go there, there's always an astronomy happening, and I thought it was cool seeing all the stars and planets. Have you ever seen that many stars in the sky before? No, it's like you're in a planetarium, but actually in real life with thousands and millions and millions of stars. 
Did you get to look through a telescope? Yeah, we looked through a telescope and saw planets. How did you know what to do? Well, there were people with, that set up these telescopes and told us the rules of how to use the telescopes. Telescopes were tall, and me and my sister couldn't reach. But they had stools, so we went on the stools. One telescope was bigger than the other, so that means one stool is bigger than the other. And what did you see through those telescopes? We, I saw the moon. I think I saw Mars, Jupiter, Venus. Wow, you saw a lot of planets. Yeah. Well, I went there two times. Okay. So. And Saturn. And Saturn, yeah. And so what were your impressions? What was it like to see the planets? Well, it was like you were in a spaceship and you were like, a couple 200 feet away, or 100, I guess, looking out your window of your spaceship and seeing this new planet you've never seen before. So did you feel like you were in outer space? Yeah. <laughs> you want to do that again? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Brian, can you tell us more about the planets that we saw? So I think our first time they were able to see Saturn and we were able to see the rings of Saturn through the telescope, uh, which they thought was fantastic. That was the one we saw in the fall, Saturn. That was, Saturn was the fall? Mm -hmm. So then it was, uh, I'm confused, it was Jupiter then we saw in the spring. And we were, able to see, uh, we were able to see Jupiter and just barely make out the red dot on Jupiter, which is a, apparently a several hundred-year-old hurricane that's been happening in Jupiter. So they were able to make that out. And it was a great just a science experiment, a science experience for them, but also to see it out in the field, stars coming up, weather getting a little chilly, under a blanket. They, they had a great time. And so it was, uh, it was our attraction to uh, going to Shenandoah and experiencing it down in Big Meadow. So I, I thought that was a great program. And by the way, the program was totally free. It was just show up at a certain time and uh, set up your blanket and wait for the, uh, the amateur astronomers to set up their gear. Now, I think that's, uh, is it the third Friday of every month? Or isn't it a regular schedule? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right, because that's, that's how it just worked out for us. And of course, you're, there's no light pollution, which is the attraction. So you're in this field, uh, so there's not a lot of trees around, like it's really dark. And uh, so you had a great view of all the stars. So even if you, you know, were unimpressed uh, by what you were seeing through the telescope, um, just seeing the whole solar system, or the whole solar system, the whole starscape arrayed in front of you uh, at Big Meadows was pretty impressive. And getting to see the Milky Way, I think that was the first time for our kids to get to see the Milky Way. To see it in that relief, right? I mean, it's because there's no light pollution at all, so it was fantastic. So that was a great part of uh, a great part of our trip. In the fall, we got to see Saturn and Mars, and. In, when we saw Saturn, you could clearly see the rings, and we were also able to see one of Saturn's moons. That's right. And That's from right. Mars, you could see, you know, the red, reddish color. As it was getting dark, we could see Jupiter, or just with a, the naked eye. Yeah. Over the trees, I don't right. know if you remember that. I do remember because it was it was rising over just a, there were a couple lonesome trees in the meadow. And it was rising over that, which was, it was neat to see. And also kind of give a lesson on the rotation of the earth and, and why planets are rising and setting. And so that was, that was a lot of fun too. 
I think I remember it going closer to the trees. So it was setting. Uh, we'd stayed right near there at Big Meadows Lodge. So uh wanted to talk about that because it was uh it was a pretty cool experience. So Big Meadows Lodge itself uh one of one of two lodges that are um in Shenandoah National Park. The other one's Skylands. Uh but Big Meadows the actual lodge itself was pretty impressive. Also, I believe um built in the 30s by the CCC. And so Daniel, I want to talk cuz I know you love this, the great room. Like many lodges have a great room. Um, some are better than others, and some are, are uh, uh, some. There's a little bit of hype on it. But what did you think of this great great room? It is just so impressive when you walk into this room, and I just wanted to <laughs> spend the whole day in there because it was so lovely. It's and cozy and warm. Uh, right when you walk in, you see a huge wall of just windows overlooking the mountains and valley, and then there's all these couches and rocking chairs in front of that big window that goes the whole length of the wall. It's just a line of rocking chairs, including some child-sized rocking chairs, which was very sweet. And then there are um, couches set up and chess boards and checkerboards and uh, all sorts of those types of games set up and puzzles and things. So it's definitely a nice place to be after you've come in from your hike and want to warm up with some cocoa or hot apple cider. It's also a great way to spend a, if you do get a rainy afternoon and you're uh, kind of washed out from hiking, it's a great spot to just relax. And if you can get away with it, take a nap, it just seemed very mellow and relaxing. So, and again, the room kind of lent itself to that. So yeah, you were right. That was very impressive and very exciting. I think that was a highlight for me, just that room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there are there are rooms to that you can reserve and stay that are part of the lodge itself. That's not where we stayed. There are also a, there's a cabin system, and that's where we stayed both times in the spring when we were without you, and then of course in the fall when we were with you. Uh, we actually I think got the same cabin or pretty close to it. So the cabins are. Uh, they're pretty rustic, but fully serviced, you know, full bathrooms. Uh, we ended up, and I would recommend this, at the end of these long rows of cabins, which are all contiguous and together, the end units have fireplaces. Uh, so the rooms are set up like this. Basically, uh, the one room, the bedroom, is like any hotel, motel bedroom. You would imagine it's uh, there are two beds, there's a nightstand, a refrigerator, and there's a bathroom. Uh, uh, offshooting the uh, bedroom, uh, offshooting the bedroom, but the other room was a living room uh, that was pretty spacious. The furniture was basically college-style furniture. If you are of a certain age and went to a certain school, you would recognize this furniture. But the centerpiece was a big stone fireplace, and each time we went, it was the weather was a little dodgy, a little wet, a little damp, and so that was great at night. We got some big fires going, and first the kids loved it, but Danielle. I think what was also nice is after the kids went to bed, we they were able to go to bed in the bedroom. We got to stay up a little bit and enjoy the uh, enjoy the fireplace. That was a highlight for me. I enjoyed that spot, and it wasn't that much more expensive to get the two room suite. Uh, these end units uh, that are at the end of the cabin complex. So, so any other comments on the rooms? No, I thought it was great. And the fireplace is really pretty as opposed to the college-like furniture. <laughs> right. Well, do you remember the surprise we had uh, 
when we went in the fall. So the second time we were staying at these lodges, remember the surprise I had when I checked in? Oh, they had a bottle of wine for us? Well, not, not only that, free dinner for us. Uh, so, Oh, that's right. Yeah, th- I had forgotten about this. When we stayed in the spring, uh, look, and I'm not that squeamish with this. And again, I'm, I, we were in the woods, and yes, it's a cabin, but we're still, we're still in the woods in a national park. There was a mouse in our, uh, in our room, and the mouse actually nibbled on my earbuds uh, for, my, for my iPhone uh, a little bit. Not a big deal. I didn't complain necessarily. I, on the way out checking out, I just wanted to alert the staff that, hey, look, there's, there's a mouse in that room. You may want to get on it for the next guy. But clearly I wasn't upset. I just, that's just par for the course, I think. Uh, for whatever reason, when we came back, they had made a no- I had completely forgotten. They had made a note of that, and they gave us vouchers for dinner. Again, we should talk about this as well, a nice segue. Uh, in the lodge, there is a restaurant, and so they gave us vouchers for, for dinner, which was very, for dinner for two, which was very, very nice. So uh, that was our little venture, and that was very, very kind of, uh, very, very kind of the folks that operate, which, of course, is separate from the National Park system. The uh, concessionaire who operates the lodge was very nice of them. Uh, but again, the meals, you can have meals. There's two places you can eat. There's the restaurant, which we had fun both times eating. Uh, so you can, there's obviously a fridge in your room. You can, you can eat there, but uh, if you wanted to have meals in the restaurant, uh, we actually ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And all three, all three meals were a lot of fun and the staff were great. And again, it's off to the side of that great room. So it's kind of the same views in the dining room too. So uh, did you have any, any other comments on the dining room area? Yeah, we, um, we got picnic lunches. That's right. We didn't eat in the restaurant, but we got box lunches um, that we then brought with us and, you know, ate whenever we were ready for our picnic. So that was nice. And um, for dinner, I I think you can make reservations and we didn't. I don't think it occurred to us. And um, our kids were napping later than we anticipated. So we ended up getting there a little bit later. And so then we, there was quite a bit of a wait because anyone with small children is, are going there early. Yeah. So make reservations. There was also the great room. And so we got to hang out. The kids got to play in the great room. Maybe I had a little bit of a snack for them to tie them over. And uh, I got to enjoy a glass of wine overlooking the beautiful view. So the other thing to do is, and we did this uh, when we went without you, is if you go downstairs, uh, so right next to the dining room, there's a stairwell in the lodge going downstairs. That's the bar area down there, which is also very cozy. Again, fireplace, bar area. It's on the ground floor, so you don't have the same view. There's uh, a limited menu, but uh, there are pizzas, so it's kid-friendly. And it's also a great spot if you just need that drink at the end of the day. So if the kids are driving you nuts or you just had a long day, it's also a great spot just to unwind. And again, it's uh, uh, the staff are very friendly. So the lodge itself was a great experience. I think, uh, you know, I know with our with our rooms, there were a couple things that, that clearly need to be updated. Uh, I know like the screen door was kind of falling off its hinges uh, our first time. Uh, I know some of the bathroom, uh, you know, the bathroom renovation seems to be a bit long in the tooth the last time the bathrooms were renovated. But look, again, the way I view it is it's, uh, it's you know, we're borderline camping slash glamping. So if I have to rough it by having a a sketchy screen door or an old an old timey bathroom, that's fine by me. 
Uh, but just don't expect luxurious accommodations. But I, I like staying. I would do it again. I, I like. I really love staying there. I do too, and I love the lodge and uh, camping there. Uh, looks great too, and I have a lot of friends who've been camping there, and we haven't done that yet. So the the other great thing about why we liked Big Meadows is the programs. There was the program at the meadow itself for astronomy. But also in the Big Meadows camping complex is an amphitheater where they have ranger programs. And we did a great ranger program with the uh, with a barn owl, which was a – no, I'm sorry. It was a horned owl, which was a lot of fun. And so we had the uh, – the rangers were there with the owl that they had that had been injured and was flightless, but they would take him out. And we were able to learn a little bit about owls and their camouflage. And we have a great picture of the ranger – holding the owl against a tree trunk. And from our picture, you can't, the, the owl's invisible. It blends perfectly in to the tree trunk. So that was great. And they got to pass it around and it's in a very nice amphitheater. And that's, again, it's about a, you can walk there or if you, if you need to drive, it's a, you know, 30 second drive to the amphitheater for the ranger programs that are at, uh, at Big Meadows. The other great thing about where we stayed is uh, when we were there in the fall uh, on the porch of our cabin, looking into the woods, uh, spotted a bear. So that was, that was pretty, that was pretty exciting. Uh, both, uh, two out of the three times we went to uh, Shenandoah this year, uh, we saw bears in the wild. So that time the bear was just kind of making its way through the woods about, I don't know, 60 yards from our cabin and, uh, had enough time to grab the kids so they can see him. And, uh, you got to see the bear too. Um, and I guess for us, again, if we talk about being from New York and Long Island, I've not seen bears. In the, I've seen plenty of bears in zoos, not seen bears in the wild. So the first time I've ever seen a bear of any sort in the wild was at Shenandoah. So we saw them together in the fall. Then in the spring, driving into the Thornton Gap entrance. So we didn't come in through Front Royal. We drove around through uh Luray, Luray into the Thornton Gap entrance right as we were entering the park. But before we got to the pay station, we uh, we saw a bear just on the side of the road, just foraging. And I got to slow down, take a picture. And uh, so it was the first time I saw a bear in the wild. And so they were very excited to see that. So another great thing about Big Meadows and being kind of down into the park a little bit is uh, obviously some great wildlife, too. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, that that was my first time seeing a bear, too. And uh, it, it it was there long enough for me to come out and see it. That was great. Um, another thing about Big Meadows, it just obviously hiking and everything, but, you know, when your kids need a break or you're just hanging out over there, there's a cute little playground, which our kids loved. Oh, right. They love that playground, yeah. <laughs> and then there's also a, a little hike that takes you probably less than 10 minutes, but very rewarding. Um, to climb up and see the view that's right uh, through the Big Meadows complex. It's right off the um, parking lot where the cabins are. It's two-tenths of a mile. It's it's very easy. So even if you are not that active, but you want a nice view and say you did a hike, it's right there. So you can do that. Uh, w- one other thing, just as we're going on about Big Meadows, is we, on this, on our last trip there in September, uh, there was a volunteer program that we did. Did you want to talk about that? Because our youngest really, we were surprised. She really dug in and had a, and it was hard work and she enjoyed it. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? 
Sure. So why don't we hear from her to tell us about the program? Can you say hello? Hello. Can you tell us about volunteering at Shenandoah National Park? Yes. So what did you do? I was helping the butterflies. What kind of butterflies? Monarch butterflies. What do monarch butterflies eat? They eat milkweed. And so what did you do with the milkweed? I picked it, so I opened it, and if it's brown, I do take it out and put it in the bag because the seeds are brown. And if the seeds are white, take it off and put it inside the bag. And my sister um, helped other people, and she felt like she was a park ranger. So you went into the field to look for milkweed, and so you learned what it looked like so you could identify it in the field. Yeah. And you would look at the pods to see if the seeds were white or brown. Yeah. And if they were white, you would put them in the bag and then bring them back to the park ranger. And... The park ranger was talking to us that if the seeds are white, you pick it. And if the seeds are brown, you don't pick it. Okay. Like, you have to check and open it. And I stayed, like, for two hours in the field picking milkweed to, for the butterflies to come back. But you didn't give up. We yeah. kept did, uh, uh, did we keep asking you, are you done yet? And you yeah. said, what did you say? No. No, you wanted to keep at it. Keep picking milkweed. So what did you do when you brought when you brought the milkweed back to the park ranger? When I bring it back to the park ranger, there was the puff that you put in the pillow and then like you open you see and then you like Take it out, take it out, take it out, take it out. Like, I was helping some kids to take out the puff, and I was really helping. Wow, you were a good helper. And I was, like, acting like a park ranger. Like a junior park ranger? Yeah. Just so like my sister. <laughs> you had to separate the seeds from that puffy, feathery mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And you helped other people and told them what to do? Yeah. And then you wore special clothes to protect your body? Yeah. Yeah? So you had to wear jackets and gloves. And I think the idea was uh, they would replant the seeds so that the monarch butterflies would have food. Is that right? Yeah, and come back. And I would go see if my dinner's ready (laughs) and my breakfast is ready, my lunch is ready. The butterflies are going to come back and see if their food is ready for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? (laughs) well you're a good helper do you want to go back and volunteer again yeah it was so fun but next time i want to be helping the kids like do you want dad and i could stand because my arms and hands you want to help the park ranger with the arts and crafts activities yeah (laughs) yeah i do well thank you so much for all of your hard work and the monarch butterflies thank you too thank you Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Michael.
now we're going to talk to your big sister about what she was doing while you were out in the field picking milkweed. She was doing something else since her allergies were bothering her. So can you tell us what you were doing? Well, I was at these craft tables. There were stamps, there was coloring, and there were stickers. Um, and I did some of it. I also told other people that I said you could also have one of each because that's the what the ranger said to me. So you acted like a ranger yourself? Yeah. You were like a junior ranger, helping people and giving them instructions? Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. So, um... I think it was part of the um, centennial program that it was uh, September 24th was a volunteer day in all the national parks, I believe. So the Big Meadows or the Bird Visitor Center um, organized a program around monarch butterflies and collecting milkweed. Our youngest was committed and just totally invested in in this endeavor and I was just so impressed with how dedicated she was and collected and collected and she must have been out there for over an hour collecting and then was so proud to bring it back. Yeah and so this the 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 milkweed is in the meadow itself so if you can imagine on an adult the uh it's about waist high so for our four-year-old it was you know she's in it up to her head and and she was in there picking out the milkweed, uh, getting the seeds out, putting it in her bag. And then when we finished, she helped separate that from, I guess, I, I don't know, the chaff, right? I, whatever the fuzz is on the milkweed, she was able to separate it. And, uh, and she just was, as you said, very invested and very diligent about completing this. So it was great for her to kind of experience the park. And for her, you know, she knew she knows she was helping butterflies. And so she was very excited about that. And it wasn't anything we forced her to do. Matter of fact, I kept asking her if she had had enough, and she just kind of kept to her own thing. We were very proud of her. But that was a great thing the parks did. Uh, it was a great program, and uh, she really got a lot out and, of it. And uh, good for all ages, cause, because it is hard to find volunteer opportunities for uh, children that are so young. So that moves on. We can move on a bit to some of the family-friendly hikes that we did. So there's plenty of hikes. Again, when you think about that 105-mile uh, the 105-mile length of Skyline Drive, I think it's fair to say every few miles there are hikes emanating off the trail. Of course, uh, we have talked already. You've talked to we've talked to some folks about Old Rag, some of the more famous hikes. We did three very family-friendly hikes, and uh, I, I'll, we'll talk about them individually. My overall impression sometimes, and I, I fall into this, when I hear family-friendly hike, I internally roll my eyes a bit. Because I think, well, family-friendly hike, not challenging, not interesting, right? So, but I have to put up with it because this is something that, uh, you know, the the kids can do. Not the case here. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, each of these hikes we're going to talk about for different reasons. Again, nothing was too too arduous, but it also just it also just wasn't a uh, a walked on a on a paved flat road, just not seeing anything that interesting. So the first one we did, this was the time we just went on a day of her day trip down to Shenandoah and didn't stay over. So we did something called uh, the Fox Hollow uh, hike. 
the Fox, uh, Fox Hollow hike is named after the Fox family. So going back to what we talked about at the top of, uh, that there were families that were relocated at some point out of Shenandoah. And then, uh, the, uh, nature was allowed to reclaim a lot of these farms. That's exactly what this hike was. It's right across from the Dickey Ridge Visitor Center. So close to when you get into the park, if you're entering from the top side, park at Dixie, uh, the, the, the visitor center across the street is the trailhead for the Fox hollow hike. It's about a 1.2 mile loop and you go down into a hollow as it, as you would imagine. Uh, but you see a lot of, not only, uh, obviously is the, the nature, uh, pretty interesting to see, but, uh, you see a little bit of how, of what used to be there, traces of what used to be there. So there's an old graveyard, for example, there's an old, uh, uh, grist mill that you'll see. You'll see uh, and the grist mill is in a stream and that stream was clearly being used. It was being used in a very utilitarian way by this Fox family. So we got to see this hike. And then also we had a discussion about the people that used to live here and how they used to make a living and how they used to survive. Uh, I found that hike to be uh, to be very exciting. And the kids really got a lot out of it too. So uh, the the non-nature elements like the cemetery, like the, the grist mill, were spread out just enough that uh, by the time the kids were starting to wane a little bit, we'd come up to a new, a new element of the hike, which I thought was, was pretty, pretty exciting. And do you remember how long the hike was? It's, it's only 1.2 miles. Again, there's some ele- elevation, so it's not level. You go down into a hollow and you have to climb back out of the hollow. Not arduous at all. But still, it's it's if you're little kids, you know, you got to walk uphill a little bit. It's uh, you know, it's a nice it's a nice walk in the woods. But I I know, do you remember anything else about that hike? I I have one other memory of that hike. I don't know if you remember. Uh, no, let's hear it. If you remember the the weather was a little bit wet and damp. And if you once you go down into that hollow, especially when the the graveyard oh, it was. It was a little spooky, right? It was a little ethereal, right? It was misty. It was a little misty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was March, so uh, it was just cold, damp, misty, uh, a little, a little, you can let your imagination run wild too. So, which was, a, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's an easy thing to do, especially if you're even day tripping from Washington or Baltimore or somewhere around there, you can, uh, you can easily knock that out at, see the visitor center. And I think that's a nice introduction to the, to the parks. So uh, another, on one of our trips where we stayed over two other, uh, two other hikes we did. We did one called uh, Limber Lost. Now, this one is partially ADA accessible. It's about 1.3 mile uh, circuit. Um, there's a lot of mountain laurels that are, that, are, that are there in bloom if you're there at the right time. Uh, I, really liked, uh, I really liked that hike. It, was, it wasn't arduous at all, but it was, a nice, it was a nice loop around, and we got to see different type of uh, flora as we, as we walked around. Do, do you recall anything about about that hike that uh, that stood out to you? I don't think I was there for the Limber Lost. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think you did. That's right, you didn't do that hike. I think the the nice part. You're right. The nice part about that hike uh, is at the end there's an igneous rock outcropping, and which just it seems like it was just dropped in from the sky out of nowhere, uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere else on that hike, and you don't really see much of that outcropping. Um, Anywhere else, those of you, you know, anyone who's been to Ireland, we've been to Ireland. So the Giant's Causeway, it's like a very miniature version, a piece of like the Giant's Causeway, almost like a these igneous steps because the, the rock, the lava cooled at different times. It's just, 
in the middle of nowhere. And that was kind of a, uh, a neat thing to see about that hike is to see something that just seems so incongruous to the rest of the hike. So we really enjoyed, we really enjoyed that. And our girls kept a journal as they were hiking around about what they saw and what they described. So they, they had a lot of fun. It was our oldest writing the journal and my youngest participating, but that was a lot of fun too. So, uh, that was a nice hike that was pretty, uh, pretty easy to knock out, but also very interesting even for adults to, to see. So the other, uh, the last hike we did, we did the Lewis Falls Trail. There's a couple of ways you can approach this. We did it from Skyline Drive, which is about two miles round trip, perfect for kids. There was some elevation. And as you can imagine from the uh, from the description, the highlight is the Lewis Falls that you see, which is about an 81-foot waterfall. And we were there in the fall, so the waterfall was going at a pretty good clip at that point. Um, and you can hear it. Uh, like most waterfalls, you can hear it before you see it. And it was pretty exciting for our kids to to see that waterfall. And you ascend, there's a, a trail uh goes up the side of the waterfall, so you can see it from the base. Then you can ascend to the top. The other way to approach it is, we mentioned the amphitheater before, uh, you can hike from the amphitheater at um, Big Meadows, where we saw the OWL program. And that's about a three and a third mile circuit from the uh, amphitheater to the observation point. We wanted to make it a little bit easier on our kids, so we just did the two mile round trip. But that seemed they seemed to handle that pretty well, uh, and they really enjoyed the they really enjoyed the waterfalls. So that was a great way to see waterfalls. Uh, just a little bit of elevation. It was a good walk for us, uh, but just perfect for the the perfect length for the kids. I loved that hike. That was great, and it was so nice to have a reward because a lot of these small hikes you often don't get to see there's no like wow part you're not getting to the summit or anything that was great and we got to we got a first glimpse of the waterfall but then realized there was more and just keep going up and up and uh, getting different views of the waterfall yeah we loved that and I think one of the kids spotted a slug in our path that was kind of fun and just trying to see you know, little bits of wildlife on our walk. No bears this time. Lots of squirrels. So so that's, I think that's what we wanted to, to cover, generally speaking, about our trip report. It, it, you know, Danielle, if you know, we're, we're, we've kind of left off a whole half of the park, which, you know, with a lot of these parks, there's so much to do. The other half is kind of south of, once you go south of Big Meadows, which is roughly halfway down, uh, there's the Lewis Mountain Campground, and then you have the whole rest of the park, the Swift Run Gap entrance is how you get into that last half of the park. And it goes all the way down to basically uh, to Waynesboro. Um, and then you have the Blue Ridge Parkway there. So we haven't explored that part yet. And I think that's something I'm interested in doing. There's just so much in the northern half, and we've always approached it from the north uh, and staying at Big Meadows. I think the next time we go, I'd love to see what's going on in the uh, in the southern part and uh, and see some of those trails that we can hit off the off the drive. And of course, Love to do some backpacking too at some point. So that's that's next for Shenandoah. But any other final thoughts about Shenandoah for active families or anyone who's just interested in the park? Um, definitely. Even if you don't live in this area, I think it's a great place to travel to to see Shenandoah. It, it's nice to have uh, this great richness on on the East Coast, and. Um, there's also just a kind of a side note, the National Zoo 
of Washington, D.C., has an outpost in Front Royal, which is their, like, research center. And um, we didn't go to Shenandoah on that trip, but they have an open house once a year. And um, that was neat to check that out. Do you remember doing that a couple years ago? I do. It's it's not well publicized that there's that outpost of the National Zoo there, but it's right there. And you're right. There's a lot there's a lot to do around that area. Of course, there's Luray Caverns, which is just off the park. Uh, there's a lot of Civil War history right around there. And the George Washington National Forest is right near there. There's plenty of do. You can get lost and spend tons of time in the park itself with these activities. But there's a lot to do around there as well. And then if you're in the fall... Uh, apple picking. We didn't do apple picking, but we did stop in a farm and grab on our way. Out. That's a that's a good point, and probably a nice point to end on is, I think the the busiest time of year for Shenandoah National Park is peak leaf season, uh, with all the leaves changing and skyline drive. So, um, you know, I know we were there right before peak leaf season, which of course in the Mid Atlantic comes. Uh, kind of comes later October. Uh, but if it's peak leaf season, uh, there's going to be a lot of cars on the, on the skyline drive and it could be, it could be slow going. It's a pretty popular thing to do. Uh, it's just something to keep in mind. Otherwise, you know, 1.3 million visitors over the year. Um, there's plenty of space to spread out in that park. It's, it's bigger than one thinks when you think about the big parks, uh, Shenandoah doesn't come to mind. Uh, and similarly to the way it's shaped and some of the access points, but it's pretty easy to get away from people uh, at that park. There's uh, Skyline Drive's the heart of it, but after that, you can easily get off in, in any one of the dozens and dozens of trails on the mile markers and just get out there, which is which is a pretty neat thing to do. Well, we hope you will enjoy visiting Shenandoah National Park sometime in your future. And I can't wait to get back. <laughs> Thanks, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. <laughs>